All right. Good morning, everybody. Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. It's Thanksgiving Eve. Normally, uh, this would have been like uh, kind of like a, in a lot of hometowns. It's like a homecoming night when college kids come back and get together with their friends and such. But uh, you know, this is a uh, this is a different year, strange year. A lot of people going to be uh, taking it very safely over the course of the Thanksgiving holiday with uh, the uh, with the increase in COVID cases and. Uh, that certainly put the uh, game tomorrow night uh, at a potentially canceled state right now. We, we still don't have a report um, where that's at, Wiz, but uh, good morning to you, and uh, what are you thinking here? Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's a w- <clears throat> real wait-and-see approach. Uh, you know, as far as positive, uh, if there are any more positive test results for the Ravens, so I guess plan A would be to play it tomorrow night i guess plan b would move it to sunday and i guess plan c would move it back to either monday or tuesday i, I you know they don't want to start having to move it out of this week so um unfortunately if you're an owner of jk dobbins or uh you know potentially other running backs all the players on the ravens you know you really could be at a disadvantage because uh these are crucial fantasy football weeks down to really the last uh, three week, uh, last two weeks of the um, of the regular season. So uh, yeah, this is um, this is this is uh, these are these are crucial. So uh, every one of these games matter, and uh, it's kind of a wait and see approach right now. And right now it's only you know uh, Thursday, uh, Wednesday morning. So we'd have to see what happens with that. And uh, certainly uh, the two key players, uh, I would say DeAndre Swift looks like he's probably going to play, but Kenny Galladay, who knows. So we'll have to uh, we'll have to see how that how that plays out. Yeah, Galladay. You know, I own Galladay in a couple of leagues. He won't be touching. I don't even care if he's active. He will not be touched in the field for me uh, tomorrow. Even if even if somehow by by miracle he does pra- uh, practice today, uh, I'm just not going to take that chance. But as you mentioned, Swift looks like he's going to play. Let's see how. Stafford fares tomorrow. Um, There is some quarterback news out there in the league. Um, uh, Jake Luton is out as a starting quarterback in Jacksonville. Mike Glennon is getting the nod there. Gardner Minshew still not well enough to get back. Um, You know, there's, there's, you know, look, you got to pay attention here into the end. As as you mentioned, Wiz, uh, you're not going to have Dobbins this week. You, you know, you're you're not going to have Mark Ingram. You're going to have to look elsewhere. And I think that we're going to be increasingly dealing with this as you mentioned, during a critical time in fantasy football, as, as you're jockeying to get into the playoffs in most leagues, these are the last two regular season games before the playoffs start in week 14. But, you know, the NFL doesn't care. They, they told most teams that there was a chance that, that some teams could be at a disadvantage. And that also plays a part in, in fantasy football. And they're going to be teams at a disadvantage here. Hopefully you guys made uh, some some adjustments with your league rules in order to, uh, you know, potentially alleviate some concerns around players missing games. We've gotten this this far in the process, which is quite miraculous in itself. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to football tomorrow. Hopefully we do get the three games. Um, but right now, we're definitely slated for two. And the third one is in question. So let's let's go to the let's go to the games and uh, Detroit Lions hosting this year uh, cross conference uh, cross conference team, not a rival like the Bears or the Packers that we usually see. But they're playing Houston Texans. Um, 
I, actually, I think this might be one of the few games where the Texans are actually on national television, if if not the only one. So I'm sure they'll be pumped up for this. There'll be a few fans in the crowd, I think, in the in in the for in, in the at Ford Field. But Matthew Stafford comes into this game. He played particularly poorly last week without his offensive weapons. I think that thumb is a concern. Matt Patricia is on a very very hot seat. So is this a game where the Detroit Lions can bounce back from that putrid effort last week against Carolina? Uh, or is this a feast time for the Houston Texan offense against the woeful and toothless Detroit Lions? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily, I don't necessarily trust um, the Texans. Um, you know, I just, I just don't trust them. The type of game they play now, you know, Deshaun Watson is is incredibly dynamic. Um, but I'm going to tell you, uh, you know, a couple of things. First of all, um, the Texans have not won two games in a row all year. They're off a win against the Patriots. So, you know, I'm a little concerned about that, that they have not been able to string two good games in a row together. So I'm a little worried about that. The type of style that they play, I don't know, something about playing them. Look, could the Texans go out there and obliterate the Lions? Absolutely. But i got to see what the status is of Swift and Galladay. Um, I don't trust it completely. Uh, you know, I don't know. I know they're three points favorite. The line is 51 and a half. Uh, I'm going to lay off the game um, as far as the side or a total in the game. Uh, I have to really, like I said, see who's who's suiting up for the Lions before I do something. But what about you? As far as the side or total, uh, do you have tremendous confidence that the Texans are just going to go in there and blow them out? Yeah, I, I have confidence in the Texans in this game. I really do. Um, I, I will wait to see what happens with Galladay and Swift. Uh, but in the event that they're not playing, my confidence level increases significantly. Um, I think Watson and the offense have basically – abandon the, the running game. Uh, Watson is a tremendous ad-libber even when a play breaks down. Uh, he's able to do so. The Lions do not have a good defense. They don't have a good pass rush. Um, I just see this as the type of game where, and even with, I think, some changes going on on the Texan offense in that uh, they have got a couple of guys banged up in Randall Cobb and Kenny Stills, but I think it makes for two interesting pickups in terms of waiver wires or, or DraftKings type stuff. Uh, I really like Jordan Akins and and uh, Kiki Kuti uh, if, in fact, both of those guys are out to step up. So if you're playing a DraftKings or maybe if you even need help at tight end on waiver wire, I think Jordan Akins is someone that you may look to. He was out a few games, very athletic guy. He got over 50% of the snaps last week, but I like Akins to step up here. But I think the, I think the Lions are done. Matt Patricia is done. I don't like anything that I see here aside from Swift right now. And, yeah, I feel very confident in, in, in the uh, Houston Texans this weekend. You, you've had tremendous determination trying to get the situation figured out for the Texans. You have been bouncing back and forth with Aikens all year, trying to get it right. Listen, you know, I, I understand the thinking behind it. Uh, it's a tremendous offense, and Deshaun Watson's playing at a high level in the – there's certainly a desire to try and you know pick up a tight end that's out there and have him have 70 for eight you know seven catches for 80 yards or six for 70 or or, or seven for 60 and get good points from your tight end. I just can never figure it out. 
that 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 Ferris wheel for the for the tight end situation with the Texans when they throw it to him when they don't who's gonna, who's it going to be on a particular week so uh, so me I'm staying away but you are recommending um, Texans. Akins and anyone else on that offense. Uh, which of the wide receivers uh, do you like? Do you prefer Cooks or Fuller this week, or yeah. do you could be more of a you know an under the radar guy like uh, you mentioned, Kiki Kute? No, I just think Kute. If you if you're looking for a cheap guy in DraftKings, I like. But uh, Fuller and Cooks should have their way. Uh, you know, with this Detroit Lions defense, uh, indoors in the dome, no weather conditions to bother them. I think Fuller plays particularly well on on, on uh, artificial surfaces. So I really like that player this week. Um, he should be on you know everybody's board in terms of from, from a drafting perspective. Um, you know, for tomorrow's game. So I I, I like a dominating Texans win. I I just don't see. A I do not see the Lions putting up effort, and I think, like I said, Matt Patricia's done in Detroit. And I, the one player that I'm going to give out for this game is I'm, I'm going to give out to Duke. Duke Johnson uh, wasn't really part of that game plan last week against the, the Patriots. I don't know, maybe there's the game plan was they they thought they could throw and the Patriots were going to stop the run, but I think against the Lions, it's interesting, right? Because I think it, it, the one thing that's interesting is, is Matt Patricia gets a look at game film of what Belichick did the game before, what didn't work, what did work. It's just another reason that I'm a little dubious of uh, the Texans this week. But I like Duke Johnson. I think he'll be much more heavily involved in the offense, uh, rushing and receiving. I'm taking a look at the uh, 56 and a half yards rushing and uh and over three and a half receptions, that one I like, and over 25 and a half receiving yards. So in some formulation, either one, two, or all three of those prop bets, I'm going to go in on the Duke. So uh, I, I don't. I, I have to tell you, you know, Duke Johnson's skill set is a receiver out of the backfield. I don't know. I, well, maybe with no uh, Randall Cobb, because it doesn't look like he's going to play, that gives the ability to kind of use him in the passing game. But I've been very surprised that they have not utilized that skill set thus far. I agree. I agree. I agree with that. Um, and I watched a lot of the game, and there were some plays where it was just that these guys were open downfield, so he just threw it to those guys all over the place. But there was a play at the end zone where Duke Johnson made some move, and he was wide open for a, for an easy touchdown, and he didn't even look Duke Johnson's way. It was the play where he lo- was looking to his right. It wasn't there, and then he bull rushed it and took the touchdown in himself. But if you watch that play again, Duke Johnson makes an incredible move on the linebacker and was just wide open, just as Sean Watson never looked that way. I'm sure the Texans looked over the film and realized how often Duke Johnson was open. So I'm, I'm going to go in on Duke. I, I kind of like the Duke this week. So we'll see how that how that turns out. Uh, let's move it to the middle game where we have what is, believe it or not, a big game as far as the NFC East goes where the – Washington football game. Washington football team is at the Dallas Cowboys, and uh, I know you were mentioning uh, yesterday in the podcast that you felt you had the most confidence out of all the teams in the Cowboys. So, am I assuming that you like the Cowboys minus three in this game, or 
are you taking the wait and see approach? No, no, I, I like the Cowboys minus three. I think I think last week that game showed us a lot. Andy Andy Dalton's confidence was back. The offensive players were very involved. Big games from Cooper and Ceedee Lamb. First time over a hundred yards from from Elliott. So I do like the Cowboys in this game. I think it'll be a good competitive game for most of the way. My personal view is the Cowboys kind of win this game by somewhere between seven and ten points. Um, you know, we do know that there is a, a very very strong presence uh, on that. Uh, defensive front for the Washington football team. And I think that's one thing that Dalton's going to have to keep in mind. So I think a, a little combination of, of of maybe some running when you when you think it's a passing play and passing when you think it's a run play. I think Dallas has to be a little bit sneakier about that to keep that solid defensive front off balance a, a bit. Um, look, Washington football team is a very gritty team. I think their coach, Ron Rivera, I think they epitomize kind of what he stands for. Uh, there's probably nobody I love more in this field than the story, of, you know, how things have played out with Alex Smith this year. He's the slam dunk comeback player of the year. I really love what's going on with Antonio Gibson. He scored four weeks in a row. Uh, he was a player that I was extremely high on coming into the season and, you know, felt once that Adrian Peterson was moved out of the way, what that really meant here. And Peterson had glowing words. And and I think he's rewarded a lot of owners this year with his progression as the season's worn on. You know, he's become a really effective guy and, and really good at the goal line. J.D. McKissick, an underrated guy. But, yeah, I like the Cowboys in this game. Uh, I, I was really encouraged with what I saw from the skilled players of the Cowboys. And particularly Ezekiel Elliott going 100, over 100 yards for the first time. Maybe this offensive line is starting to gel just a little bit, gotten a little bit healthier. A Cowboys at home. Thanksgiving, I think they got to be really pumped up in the in the Jerry Dome. So this game is going to feature my player prop play of the day and my DraftKings play of the day. You know, I don't know what it is, but there's just something about, uh, you know, just the routine of certain days in each sport. And over the years, there were some baseball players who just – are tremendous on opening day, whether it's pitchers, or, but mostly hitters. And it's over a long career. There's just something about it. In the NBA, there's something about maybe playing on Christmas Day. You get you get into a routine. You're used to playing at home. You're used to preparing how to play. You're used to dealing with like the holidays and family. And the NFL, I believe there's something about playing on Thanksgiving Day. And Amari Cooper has two years of sample size playing at home on Thanksgiving Day. Last year, eight for 80. Two years ago against the Washington football team, eight for 160. Maybe just something about Thanksgiving that brings out the best in him. We've talked about how he's a much better stat stat-wise player at home. So I'm looking at this. I'm loving Amari Cooper over 51 and a half yards. I think that's a joke. And over four and a half receptions. I think those are two lead pipe cinches. And Amari Cooper is going to be my player prop bet of the day and my DraftKings key of the day as well. Your thoughts? Yeah, look, uh, you know, we talk about this. If you if you break down Amari Cooper's home and away stats, there's a glaring, glaring difference on how he plays when he's at home. And I think actually even when he plays on artificial surfaces, surfaces he's another guy that's a real beneficiary of that. So I like the call. Uh, you know, I know you were particularly high on CeeDee Lamb this year too, uh, with good reason. I think he's such a polished receiver for a young guy. Uh, I'm impressed with both of those players. Like I said, I like the Cowboys in this game, but I'm 
I'm right with you there. I think Amari Cooper, I, I could see him catching a slant and, and running 30, 40 yards down the field for a touchdown very, very easily in this one. Yeah, there's something about this routine and Thanksgiving Day, and like I said, there's a lot of stuff going on. You know, you, you, you know, you're playing in the middle of the day, and you know, it's the, there are a lot of people who maybe, uh, you know, players who feel strange or don't really want to play on Thanksgiving. Maybe they're missing their family, and especially, you know, it's just it's an odd day to play football on. But I'm loving Amari Cooper at home, and Amari Cooper's two-year sample size of playing on Thanksgiving. So I'm keying Amari Cooper player props, and like I said, on DraftKings. As far as the, the point spread on the game, um, you know, I don't, I don't really know because as much as I felt, as much as I was uh, thinking there could be an upset with the Cowboys last week, I'm thinking there could be an upset this week where they come back and they and they play a clunker and they lose the game. So no strong convictions. I don't trust them. Uh, I think McLaurin um, against that secondary is another player. I'm looking at his. Um, and his lines, that is uh, player props as well. And as far as uh, receptions, he's 73 and a half receiving yards, and McClellan is five and a half receptions. So, from a DraftKings perspective, a player prop, uh, someone who maybe uh, a sleeper or somebody, what are your thoughts on this game as far as who people should feel confident about and maybe who should uh, some people sprinkle in their lineup from this game? Yeah, so I'm really confident about Antonio Gibson. Uh, I think he should be in everybody's game. Like I said, four score, four games in a row, five touchdowns total in, in the last four games. Extremely confident. He's got eight touchdowns on the season. The two guys I'd be sprinkling in, uh, and they're both from the Washington football team, actually. It's going to be Cam Sims and Steven Sims Jr. Uh, I, I, oh, you love that man! You 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 like you should be the guy's agent. Love that uh, look, I, last week on the field for fifty percent of the snaps, uh, Cam Sims is the guy that's actually been getting down the field. He's a big dude. He's six five. 220 pounds. Uh, Alex Smith has actually spoken pretty glowingly about him. But Sims, uh, Stephen Sims Jr. has been slowly getting back from that toe injury that he missed a bunch of games at. Uh, he caught a touchdown last week. He had five catches the week before for 36 yards. This isn't a great Cowboys defense. There'll be a lot of... Uh, concentration being put on Terry McLaurin. So I can see one of those Sims kids getting in there, sticking his nose in there. I'm going to go with Cam in this game, uh, more so than Steven Sims, but I think both will be good plays in your DraftKings lineups for uh, the Turkey Day festivities. Uh, Fantastic. Fantastic stuff. And uh, let's, uh, I guess, assume, I guess, uh, be cautiously optimistic that the Ravens versus Steelers will take place. I think you told me before we got on here that there are no player props for that game yet, I guess. Um, That's correct. No, that play, right? no, no, There is a line for the game. The, the Pittsburgh Steelers are favored by five. It's a 45 and a half, I think, over under. But there are no... Pl- like, uh, the, the only thing I have listed is like, who'll score the first touchdown and, 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 the, and the generic stuff. Uh, they don't have specific player props for yardage. But the line... Uh, not surprisingly, is going up. Um, I mean, it's up to five now and forty-five. Um, now I'm looking at these. I'm looking at these lines right now, and uh, you know the the, the Cowboy one's a little surprising to me. That forty-five and a half. I don't know. I thought that would have been almost catching fifty. So a little surprised about that. That one. This one is tough. But do, do you have any? You know, assuming the game will take place. Assuming that it's just Dobbins and Ingram that are going to miss the game, because at this point, all we could go on that. 
So with the line at 5 and 45, with the knowledge of who's going to miss the game, any thoughts on the side, total, or some of your DraftKings picks? Yeah, so I, I can't have any confidence in, in the Baltimore Ravens at this point in time. And granted, they, they did play a tough game in overtime, losing, losing to the Titans uh, this past Sunday. Yeah, all, all the stars are aligned, certainly for the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are undefeated at this point in the season, which even though both of us thought they'd be a big comeback story as a team this year, certainly couldn't have forecasted this happening. And, and they've played a couple of tough, close games. And I, I don't know, this is a weird game because it's such a bitter, bitter rivalry. But coming in, you know, down a couple of your best players uh, in the offensive backfield is not the way you want to come into a game. I would have said before that happened that, you know, this would have been a much t- tighter and more aggressive, you know, the history of these two teams. They know each other extremely well. I just think there's a lot of confidence for Ben Roethlisberger, despite the fact that he's a little nicked up. That receiving core continues to demolish teams week in and week out. They got James Conner a little bit more involved last week. It's hard not like to not like the Steelers against an offense that just has not been able to generate anything on the passing side. So, I don't really have any confidence there. I tried to believe that Marquise Brown or Devin DuVernay might get something down the field. That was a big uh, goose egg last week. I mean, Marquise Brown is is just, it's just a sad situation because they're not utilizing the player in any way, shape, or form. And one guy I think you've got to pick in this game, because I don't think the Ravens secondary is actually all that good. So Deontay Deontay Johnson, and plus with uh, Juju being nicked up, uh, Deontay Johnson and, and Cl- uh, Chase Claypool are the guys to play here. Uh, I'm not worried about the, the Ravens' defense. The Ravens' defense doesn't look very good right now. Uh, they have some injuries up front. So those two players I'm extremely confident in. Um, you know, you'll see Justice Hill and, and Gus Edwards in this particular game. But I think this is going to be a difficult game. In fact, I'd go so far as to say the Pittsburgh Steelers are your defensive play of the day tomorrow. And I'm going to come in the other way on this game. Um I'm looking at a, a, a pretty good sample size of this matchup in Pittsburgh. Um, so in 2019, the Ravens went into Pittsburgh, they won the game. In 2018, the Ravens went into Pittsburgh and won the game. Uh, in 2017, they lost by a point in Pittsburgh. In 2016, they lost by four points. In 2015, they won the game. There hasn't been one game in the last five years that – that the Ravens have lost the game by more than four points. And then if you look at the first game this year, um, the Ravens had the game in control and they were moving the ball and he threw a horrible interception in this game, in that game. And then they never continued to get the momentum back and it just gave Pittsburgh a new life and Pittsburgh won the game. But if you watch the game, I thought the Ravens had the best of it up until a crucial, crucial mistake by Lamar Jackson. So I understand with the running backs out, the line is five. I think that line is too inflated. So I'm going on Baltimore and I think they're going to win this game. Wow. Okay. <laughs> a lot more confidence. I think, they, I, gonna, I think they're going to take that zero off the board as far as losses for Pittsburgh. And uh, yeah, so I'm going to go with the Ravens as my, Underdog play to certainly cover the five, and uh, I think um, I think they're going to win that game. I'm looking at a money line here right now with plus 190 to win the game, and uh, I think I'm going to be on that. So uh, that's uh, that's my view of the game, and I, I understand that it's going to be without Dobbins. Ingram, I'm not so much concerned about that. 
I'm not so concerned about that. I'm more interested in seeing Justice Hill, a player who has tremendous ability and can do something different than any of those Raven running backs. He can catch the ball in the flat, he can go down the field, he can run patterns, and he can make big plays in the passing game, <clears throat> something that certainly Edwards and Ingram could not do at this point. <clears throat> and, and, and Dobbins can, but he's not as skilled as Justice Hill in that regard. So I'm not so sure that some of these new players who are going to get in there for the Ravens aren't going to be able to do something against Pittsburgh. Very interesting. Well, look, somebody else has to do something in this pass, pass offense aside from uh, Mark Andrews because thus far this season, he's really been the only guy that's done anything. This has been a very, very disappointing passing game all year long. Uh, I'm helping a buddy out in, in uh, one of our leagues, and um, – we, we have benched Lamar Jackson for five weeks in a row, uh, save the game where um, whenever uh, just, uh, uh, whenever Herbert, uh, Justin Herbert had his uh, day game off, that was it. We've been benching Lamar Jackson every single week, and it's been providing uh, many wins along the way. Yeah, he's, you know, certainly has um, <laughs> been, yeah, I think we talked about it at least 150 times in the preseason that, they had ranked Lamar Jackson ahead of Mahomes, and uh, I don't think either one of us agreed with that assessment or even thought that was close, So, uh, with the exception of Jimmy O. But, um, <laughs> I remind Jimmy of that. that I remind Jimmy of that but... every single day. And I said, Jim, you realize you wanted me to take Lamar Jackson over Patrick Mahomes? Oh, I mean, seriously, just just ridiculous, just ridiculous yeah. stuff. Uh, so, are you going to so, play? Yeah, well, are you going to play? Plays out, and uh, you have any? You know, you mentioned a couple players. Who's like the short sure thing uh, in this game? Who do you want to sprinkle in there? Yeah, to me, it's Claypool, Claypool, and Deontay Johnson. And I think if Juju doesn't play, a guy you may want to sprinkle in is James Washington because he'll be the third receiver. I'm intrigued by Justice Hill on the other side of the ball as well. You, you know how we both felt about that player last year. It didn't break his way, but he is a unique skill set player, as you mentioned. And I think he's the one player that you'd want to actually try. Uh, I, I took too many stabs at Duvernay and, and Marquise Brown. I've given up, which means they probably go bananas this week. Yeah, I mean, we're gonna have to, yeah, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to see how it plays out, especially you know with the uh, with the usage of the running backs and and uh, and how they you know how they how they play them. But I mean, you know, right? But they 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 ran the ball for two hundred sixty five yards. The Ravens, Dobbins one thirteen, Edwards eighty seven, Lamar Jackson sixty five. So I know that Steeler defense is you know is is ranked number one and all of that stuff but man they gash them through the running game and they won't have dobbins but i'm assuming you're going to see a lot of edwards lamar jackson run the ball and um and they're gonna they're gonna sprinkle in some justice hill and uh you know you have to uh and even your boy Devin Duvernay caught a big one in that game and caught a 40-yard catch. So they need to be able to do some stuff in that game. So I'm really liking the Ravens in this game. I'm, I really I really do. So we'll see, uh, we'll see what goes on. All right, good stuff. So, yeah, we'll, we'll pay attention, obviously, to see if this game is still going to be played. Like we like said, we hope, we hope we get to see three football games tomorrow. If, if not, we'll be paying attention. Uh, Guru and Wiz will be back at you uh, to discuss the weekend's action. 
either Friday night or Saturday morning uh, as we get more updates. Uh, we'll do our love them and leave them, and we'll talk about our other prop bets and and uh, whatever views we have in terms of the uh, the betting lines. But uh, that's going to be it for me. So I'll, I'll wish everybody out there a very very happy Thanksgiving. Certainly a weirder Thanksgiving than we really anticipated before this year got started. But nonetheless, try to stay safe, everyone. Uh, you know, we're just trying to get down to the home stretch here, get through this for the vaccines and therapeutics to take over and we can try to get our lives back together again. I'll wish you a happy Thanksgiving Wiz, And, uh, you know, we will talk uh day after Thanksgiving or on Saturday morning. Yeah, you do the same. All Anyone right. Out there as well. And just, families hope they have a nice, healthy and safe Thanksgiving. Yeah. And just to remind everybody, Guru and Wiz fantasy football podcast, Spotify, I, uh, Apple podcasts and SoundCloud. Uh, Again, be safe out there, everyone. Wiz, thank you very much again. And uh, have a very, very good rest of your Wednesday afternoon. Got it.